The voices of Krypton Podcast say they speak as superhero. And that doesn't mean nothing to me. I've taken on James Bond. Fought Batman. Yeah, okay. They won, but they wouldn't have. If only I had a little more cowbell. I'm Ed Gross, and this is Voices from Krypton, the podcast where we speak superhero. And we also happen to be pretty fluent in sci-fi and action. Today we turn back to the Superman mythos, or more precisely, Superboys. And this Superboy is Connor, as played by Australian actor Joshua Orpin on HBO Max's Titans. This interview with Joshua was conducted towards the end of Season 2, but is being presented now as Season 3 unfolds. In it, he provides a look at his background and the journey that took him from Australia to playing the clone of both Superman and Lex Luthor, which, needless to say, provides some interesting internal conflicts. He also shares his feelings about the Superboy character and now being a permanent part of the Boy of Steel's history. So for you, I mean, I'd love to know what your journey was. I mean, in the sense of deciding to become an actor and ending up on Titans. I mean, what was sort of the in-between steps that I don't know? Yeah, well, I mean, I guess it all started with theater. I kind of fell in love with theater at a young age. And uh, I was in high school doing that. And then um, when I kind of finished high school, I, I, it's one of those things, like I knew in my, in my heart of hearts that it was acting was something I wanted to do. And it was what I was happiest doing, but I was still, I didn't have the courage to kind of take that next step and, and actually try to, to be a professional yet. So I, uh, I kind of bummed around a little bit, um, doing some other stuff, maybe trying to get a job that was going to be more responsible, you know, a real job, like financially stable. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, ultimately I was unhappy doing that. So it, it took me a couple of years before I decided, you know, I'm going to give this acting thing a shot. So I kind of, I, I basically spent a year, you know, dropped out of uh, university and spent a year doing a bunch of stuff for free. So I did like, I did three plays. I did uh, like nine or 10 short films okay. and a couple of uh, independent feature films, all unpaid, just so that I could um, build up a, I guess, a resume of, of work that I could then show people. Um, and once I did that, at the end of that year, I uh, auditioned for drama schools. And my plan was that if uh, I got into a drama school, great, I could go and study. If I didn't, then I'd just go and get an agent and uh, just give it a crack. But um, I was lucky enough to get into an acting school in Western Australia. Oh, great. Um, called WAPA. Yeah, it's called uh, WAPA, the Western Australian Academy of Performing Arts. And uh, yeah, so the next three years I was there I was studying um that was 2015 to 2017 and um yeah that was great so they give you kind of the formal training kind of basis in in theater with all you know your standard like practitioners Stanislavski and Meisner and all those people and you get to do a bunch of plays you get to do Shakespeare and Chekhov and um all kinds of stuff and then kind of on the way out, they throw you in front of a camera and they teach you a bit of film as well. Oh, that's great. And uh, yeah, so I kind of came out of acting school in 2017 and um, then I was a professional auditioner for a little while. <laughs> Just, uh, right. did uh, many, many auditions. I did, uh, I did a little bit of work in theater. I did some Australian TV. And then um, I started to audition for a lot of, um, U.S. projects and uh, TV in particular. So I um, 
I actually auditioned for season one of Titans um, back when they were uh, doing the first season, but uh, yeah, uh, that didn't that didn't go my way that time. Uh, but that's okay because season two came around and this yeah. came along, and yeah, here I am. Now, who did you audition for in season one? I'm not sure because uh, with these things, they're very secretive, and they send you out yeah. these scenes, and they're they're fake scenes, so you're not. You're never really sure who it is that you're auditioning for. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think with these characters, it's a good thing because uh, you can have a preconceived idea of what you think the character is meant to be and that can influence your audition. And um, they, I guess they don't want to see that. They want to see who you are and what you bring to the character and, and they just give you a kind of list of, of character traits and uh, a brief description and get you to go off that. So I'm, I'm not entirely sure who it was. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad that I didn't get it because I'm yeah. very, very happy to be playing this role. Absolutely. Before I ask you about this, you know, you you said how you did short films, you did some theater, you did a lot of things you did for free, basically, just to build up your resume. I'm curious, mm -hmm. though, the experience you got doing those things, did it turn out to be beneficial when you did get into drama school? Or was it like, oh, everything I learned, I thought I knew, I didn't know, and now I have to start all over again <laughs> when you get to drama school? <laughs> Yeah, well, yes and no, I think. Um, it gave me a lot of confidence having those things under my belt. Sure. Um, but having said that, yeah, my I didn't really have a technique back then. I didn't really have a a kind of I didn't have any tools. I was I was kind of just doing it on the fly and just and doing what felt good and and seeing what worked and and just having fun and, and playing around basically. Yeah. Um, so when I kind of came out of drama school, I felt, I felt like I was equipped with, with the tools to kind of, to work professionally, which was really what I needed. And, um, yeah, I mean, when, when I, when I was in, in drama school, I, uh, I had, I had a lot of that, that confidence from, from having done a lot of stuff. Um, but yeah, there was no real, I, I was still, I would say I was still very much, uh, a blank slate or a kind of, un. I guess they would like to say, uh, I guess, yeah, just unequipped, just a, an unmolded piece of clay that they could kind of work with a little bit. Cause I mean, it, it becomes more difficult as you say, when you, when you're a little bit older and maybe you've done some other classes and, and you, and you have to unlearn things. I didn't really have to unlearn anything. I was kind of starting from scratch, which was good. Absolutely. You know, so talk, talk to me about this audition then, because like you said, you didn't know coming in who you were auditioning for and that sort of thing. So how did this other opportunity to audition for them come up? Yeah, well, I, it was a self tape. So I filmed the audition in my house <laughs> in Australia <laughs> okay. and uh, emailed it in. So I, yeah, I got these scenes and they were, they were, uh, they were fake scenes, I think dummy sides, we call them. And uh, yeah, there was just a description of the character. I knew it was for Titans. Um, but one of the scenes was like, it was just, I think it was a teenage, a teenage boy and he was, uh, really angsty, and and uh, one of the scenes was he was having a fight with one of his friends in the uh, in the locker room after a football game, and the other scene that I did was a scene where 
I was searching for my mother because I'd never, I'd never met my mother or she disappeared when I was young. And I thought I, I thought I'd found her again. And then someone tells me that she's actually passed away. And then I kind of have to deal with that. So that was, there were contrasting scenes. One of them, I think it's always a lot of guesswork. You're kind of sitting there thinking, Oh, "Oh, what are they, what are they looking for? What do they want to see? But then at the end of the day, you kind of just have to put that aside and, and just, take the scenes for what they're worth and, and give your best interpretation of the actual character on the page. Um, yeah, I, I'm grateful for that because if I, if I had known, you know, straight off the bat that it was Superboy, I probably would have done things differently because I have an idea in my mind of what that character is, or at the time, at least I did. And right. yeah. And, um, that, I'm not sure that I would have got the part because <laughs> Maybe I would have I would have let that influence me a little too much. Sure, because you so, would have come yeah, in impersonating somebody else, imperson doing Superboy rather than you just being yourself. Maybe a little bit, yeah. I would I mean. have. I, yeah. I, I, d- I doubt I would have done it the same way. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, you find out it's Superboy. So, I mean, I guess you audition. You get you get accepted, right? They they hire you. Well, how's that work? There was a little bit of time in between where I was waiting. Okay, um, and I'd I'd sent the audition in, so that was done. I didn't have to audition again, which was crazy to me because I was sitting there thinking like, oh, d- should I do anything? And they're like, no, no, just just wait. And I was like, <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, they told me it was Superboy. And then I kind of reacted to that. I'm like, well, surely now that I know it's Superboy, I should I should come and audition for you guys again. And, and it was like, no, no, I was happy <laughs> with the first one. And so I was kind of sitting at home twiddling my thumbs just waiting it up and then um yeah two or three weeks go by and then they tell me i get the part and then yeah it all kind of started but for you what was your reaction i mean to to the idea and did you have much knowledge of superboy or superman or yeah well i was a huge fan of the genre to be you know already and i i love superheroes and and Superman in particular, I was actually a big fan of. Okay. Um, probably, it's funny, it's funny you're interviewing um, Carl Kessel for this piece because one of, if not my favorite, one of my favorite comic book arcs ever is The Death of Superman. And that was, oh. um, yeah, it, I know. And that was where I knew the character of Superboy from. That was kind of the version with which I was most familiar. Right. And, um, I had the uh, the DC encyclopedia sitting on my shelf, so I just went straight to that. There's like a double page spread on Superboy. Opened that up. Yeah, <laughs> had a very look. cool. And um, I just, yeah, I, I mean, I, it felt incredibly surreal and mm-hmm. exciting. But um, I immediately just kind of went straight to the source material. So I kind of went to the um, the local comic book stores and bought all of the comics. Right. And uh, started to read those, but yeah, I I I was familiar with the uh, the 1990s version. I knew of, I knew of the uh, the others. I knew of the Jeff Johns and the and the even the Young Justice version. I was kind of familiar with that because that was on TV at the time. Right. Um. But yeah, no. I it's safe to say I was a big, big fan, and I could appreciate the uh, the weight <laughs> of this um, decision to cast me in this role. Right. Um. I did endeavor to kind of give myself a more well-rounded perspective by looking at all the different versions of the character that have kind of come and gone in the past. Yeah, yeah, there's a a few different iterations. So I I thought I would 
I would look at them all. So I kind of, yeah, I, I was most familiar with the 90s, but I also read a lot of the Jeff Johns. That was a huge focus because he uh, is involved in our show. Yes. And um, his stuff from the early 2000s with the Titans and Superboy. Um, and also at the, the new 52 and even the new kind of, the newer interpretations of the character. But yeah, no, it's definitely safe to say that I was, <laughs> I was, uh, I was a fan. Is there more? The voices you're hearing are the voices from Krypton. Is this what you were looking for? No, no, no. The voices from Krypton. And and I wonder though when you you know obviously now you've done all this research you've gotten an idea I mean you knew who Superboy was but you've done all this research gotten a sense of all the other iterations then of course the Superboy they write in the script is going to be different than the Superboy at least to some degree than you've probably read in the comics so I'd love to get a sense from you of sort of the take on this sort of how you view this guy as a character first of all um, initially when I spoke to Greg Walker the showrunner. Uh, he told me that uh, the version of Superboy we were doing is going to be largely based on the Jeff Johns iteration of the character. Right. Um, at least, at the very least, visually. So we have that look, that classic look of the, you know, the blue jeans, the black t-shirt with the S symbol on it yeah. in red. And um, he told me that it was going to be the version of the character that was, he was the genetic clone of Superman, but half of his DNA was actually from Lex Luthor as well. Right. So I, I knew that much going in. So it's kind of like, okay. Um, and then when I got the script, it was another kind of revelation entirely because um, the writer, Rich Haddam, he had kind of created this entirely new take on the character that I hadn't encountered before in any other medium, which I thought was fantastic. That was, that was hugely, hugely exciting because I kind of read that and I was like, oh, wow, okay, so this is going to be... I well, firstly, I knew that... I, I knew kind of what he was going for and, and that I could do something with it that was going to be fresh and original and unique um, across all the, all the mediums that the characters existed previously. So I, I knew that it was going to be different to any of the comics. And I, from what I knew of the Young Justice version, um, I knew it was going to be different to that as well. So I was grateful for that. And uh, yeah, it is definitely new. Have you, you haven't had a chance to watch it, have you? I've watched, uh, I believe, the first 10 episodes of the season. Oh, you, of season two? Yeah. Oh, great. Yeah. So you, you would know. He's, um, he, is, he is a little different. We kind of uh, really focused on the, the, the childlike aspects of, of Connor. And he's, um, he has this uh, innocence to him and this naivety that we haven't really seen before. And uh, we played with the idea of giving him epigenetic memories as well. So he kind of has these memories coming into his brain, memories of Superman's past, memories of Lex Luthor's past. And other than those things, he's operating almost exclusively on off of his instincts and off of the, the basic emotions that a, a toddler might be feeling because he's, he's new to the world. So just, you know, the purest kind of forms of, of joy and rage and curiosity and wonder and fear. And yeah, that was something that I hadn't really seen in the comics, which is, I mean, maybe it's there, <laughs> but um, in something that I haven't read, but I hadn't really come across that no, before. So I thought that was, Usually interesting and a, and a really kind of great new take on the character. 
I also like the fact that what I've seen of him is like, you know, you captured, there's a, a scene I remember specifically of you and, and he and Gar walking down the street before the police get involved in everything. And there's that innocence you talked about. But when the threat comes in, it's very interesting how your whole demeanor changes. And suddenly, like, this sort yeah. of innocent becomes this guy that you just don't want to screw around with because you know he's going to kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. That well, transformation. That, that was another another element to him that um, that I thought was, was crucial, was that he has he has the Lex Luthor temper and he has that childlike ability to, to have tantrums and to, and to completely give in to his, to his rage. And in that moment that you're talking about, he kind of, he goes into that situation thinking one thing and thinking that he's going to, he's going to do what Gars told him to do and, and be a hero and help people. And then he starts getting shot at by the police. Right. And that kind of triggers a memory from a previous episode of him getting shot at by, by Cadmus people. And long story short, he kind of, it's, it's almost like a rage blackout kind of thing where he, he just, it's just like something switches over and yeah. he, he, he gives in to that Lex Luthor side and, and really there's no filter. So he, he can go back and forth and, and really get lost in those, those different emotions. And he doesn't have any, any way to, to regulate that or, or moderate that yet because he hasn't been alive long enough. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. By the end of the season, I'm not asking for plot spoilers per se. What I am wondering, though, is does he go through any sort of further evolution? It's only a couple of episodes away anyway. Uh, but is he going through, or is the season end with him still being sort of naive slash I'll kick your ass? <laughs> so, <I> mean, <laughs> Yeah, he definitely does. There, I found the um, reading the entire arc of the character over the season, I found it incredibly satisfying as an actor because you can see he definitely goes from point A to point B and he grows and learns. Um, throughout the story and he definitely the way he ends up is not where he begins which is always always a great thing to read as an actor going in um but even even between episodes six and ten because i'm introduced in six and right. then after uh, ten which which you've seen he he kind of even in those in that amount of time goes from naive mainly driven by curiosity to he kind of starts to develop opinions and by, by episode 10, he's kind of telling Gar, maybe we, maybe pe people shouldn't, shouldn't rely on us to save them. And, right. and he's kind of almost becoming that little bit indignant kind of toddler thing where, yeah, he's a little bit argumentative and he's not asking questions anymore because the first, the first few episodes, it's question after question after question. And now he's developing his own opinions based on his experiences. So even in that short amount of time, he does develop a little bit, but um, in answer to your question, yes, by the end of the season, and I, particularly in the finale, there's, um, he kind of goes through, without giving anything away, he goes through quite an intense, I guess you could say transformation or a trial. He's really tested is what I'm saying. And, and as a result of that, he has to learn, he, he has to learn to take responsibility for his actions. And, um, yeah, I think you'll, you'll find that he really, he does learn, he does learn a thing or two by the end. And he, he's, 
the opportunity going the opportunities going forward for the character kind of open up as as a result and that was very uh exciting to see what is yeah. it like though for you to be walking around wearing a black t-shirt with a red s on it and knowing that you're playing a variation of the superman character what is that just like doing that <laughs> uh it's both exhilarating and terrifying um, because uh, on the one hand, you have this surreal experience of living your childhood fantasy of of being a superhero, uh, which many many little kids kind of make believe and and pretend to be when they're little, including me. So it's it's that feeling of of playing pretend, but for real. So it's like surreal. But on the other hand, you, there is <laughs> the crushing weight of the responsibility of playing a character that so many people are already invested in and they have expectations of you and they have an idea in their mind of what that character should be. And should you not live up to that, you know, you, you don't want to think about that. So ultimately, none of that is conducive to creativity. So in the <laughs> end, you have to let it all go and and really just take what's on the page and make it your own. But um, the actual feeling of walking around in the T-shirt, it's uh, its pretty cool. There's nothing quite like it. I've never really had that feeling in any other character that I've played. It's its, it's iconic. And um, yeah, it's just, it's just exhilarating. You feel... You feel special. It super. Feels, it feels like <laughs> you feel yeah, super. exactly. Yeah, for one of another word, you feel super. You, <laughs> it's um, it's tough to describe, really. Yeah. It's um, but no, I, <laughs> I definitely, I definitely appreciated that feeling. Oh sure, I can't ima- I can imagine that. And it's so funny too, because on the one hand, you could look at people and say, you know, I'm not actually playing Superman. I'm playing this clone. But I think anybody who looks at you is going to say, oh, he's playing Superman. Yeah, even, well, there was one day when um, we were getting ready to shoot a scene, we had a little bit of time, and uh, me and a couple of the other cast just went for a walk um, just to check some stuff out around the area that we were filming, and uh, I wasn't in costume. Um, My hair was done, but apart from that, I was in regular clothes, and some random lady that we (laughs) ran into just told me out of the blue that I look like Superman, (laughs) and I was like, oh, wow, okay. (laughs) That's funny. which was kind of cool. I was like, oh, wow. But yeah, people do assume. they. I mean, there were a lot of like confused. I mean, it's tough to say when you're filming out in public whether people actually know what they're looking at or whether they just see a film crew and they just think, oh, they're filming something and start taking pictures. Right. Um, or how many of them actually saw the S. Because I was trying to hide it a lot of the time just because I didn't want to give away the costume. It ended up leaking anyway. But um, yeah, that was, that was, a, <laughs> that was a funny moment. Oh, told yeah. me that I looked like Superman. I was like, okay. It's so funny. There was certain, good. Yeah. I mean, there were certain, like I went to the set of uh, the movie Legends starring Henry Cavill. Uh, and the funny thing is we were in, inter- as being a bunch of reporters, we were interviewing Henry. Henry's all buffed up. His hair is curly and black. And he just happened to have a black lock of hair, like curled over. And I'm looking at this guy and, and he wasn't cast as Superman yet, but I'm looking at him saying, oh my God, it's Superman. I mean, he looks like Superman. And sure enough, two years later, he was Superman. So uh, uh, it's amazing how there's a certain look, though, that people, it's kind of what you were just saying. You just look at certain people and it's like, wow, he's got that look. I'm sure that didn't hurt when I sent my audition in, that uh, maybe I'm predisposed to have to to look like the character a little bit. Yeah. But I get, get what you're saying. My hair does this thing as well where um, the front of it kind of curls across my forehead. Right. Um, 
involuntarily it just kind of happened and they kept trying to uh <laughs> even on the, the first episode the director was like no 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 curl it put it back like brush it back it, it looks too much like superman he's not superman he's <laughs> right. superboy That's right. I'm like, oh, okay and then there was a moment in episode 13 where we kind of changed the look of the character a little bit and i i was kind of like that director had um had moved on since then we had a new director and i was kind of like okay maybe I, I can have a little bit of license here and i was like maybe this is the moment where we can uh have a little bit more of that Superman influence. So we actually had the curl deliberately okay. kind of coming across my forehead like that to kind of show that for that that moment, he was a little bit more, or at least he, he was meant to look a little bit more like the classic Superman. Yeah, that's great. I can't Which wait is kind of cool. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it's funny because, you know, and this is the other thing, I and mean, you're talking about like the, the weight of all this, of playing this character and stuff. What's kind of cool is like an actor who plays James Bond, you may play like there's an actor named George Lazenby played James Bond one time, but George Lazenby is a part of Bond history now and always will be for all time that that's, you know, a James Bond. You're now entering this sort of legacy of Superman, this 80 year legacy. And from now on, you will always be no, not saying typecast, but I mean, you part of you will always be known as a part of this legacy. And that's got to be pretty amazing. I hope so. I hope I hope you're right. And and it is a privilege to be a part of that. And um, I like to think that as a fan of these characters and and in all the media, the movies, the books, everything um, that I can be a part of this kind of world. And um, I, I wouldn't mind that at all. If people, you know, if I'm still going 10, 20, however many years from now. And people still remember me for this role. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be happy about that. I'm gonna be grateful that I left an impression. And I mean, there is the James Bond parallel. That's a good one. But I, I more think of it as, as like this, these characters being like Shakespearean characters. In that, so many people have played them before you, and so many will after you. And your goal as an actor should be just to really make it as truthful to you as you can when you get the chance to play one of these roles and hopefully it leaves an impression. You can check out the continuing evolution of both Superboy and Joshua by streaming Titans on HBO Max. But before you do that, please subscribe to this podcast, tell your friends about us, and give us a five-star review. We'd love to hear what you think. Thanks very much for listening, and we'll see you next time.